Good morning, Horizon. Welcome to everyone here and watching online. Welcome to everybody who's new. I'm new here too, so we're in the same shoes. My name is Danesh, and I'm the new pastor for students, young adults, and families here at Horizon. And it is my first time, it's my privilege to speak up here in front of you guys today. And um, I came from Hungary. That's why I have a weird name and a weird accent. I hope you can put up with that. And this morning, I want to talk about uh, clay jars. So the video was about, it's a simple little video, but it's so beautiful how it expresses how God is making us. And uh, the thought that really caught my attention was that it said the potter has a purpose. The potter has a plan. Um, and so the clay jar that he makes also has a purpose. It has a goal. And I don't know if you have any uh, clay jars or, or uh, pots in your house. Uh, nowadays, most of them are just decorational. Most of them are just for decoration. But um, at least in Hungary, there's, there's a comeback where they use more clay pots for cooking, right? Because they say it's healthier and it has good benefits and makes good food. Um, but back in the biblical days, when, when the Bible uses these images, most of clay pots and jars had a very simple purpose. Uh, it, is, it, it was just to hold something. It was water, flour, or, or the meal that they made. Um, that was the purpose of it. It was a very simple purpose. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom had a little, very tiny little clay uh, jar that had candy in it. So that was very special for us. It was at the top of the shelf. When she wasn't there, we would try to reach up, get on a chair, try to get a candy out very carefully because clay pots and jars are fragile, and we didn't want to. And so that's, that's, that's the two things that we know about jars. They're for, to hold something. They're itself, they're not very special if it's just for holding, um, and they're fragile. And Paul uses this image of, of clay jars to reflect on the fragility and the purpose of our lives. In 2 Corinthians 4, uh, from verses 7 to 10, this is what we read, and this is going to be our guide for today. But we have this treasure, and he's talking about the gospel, in jars of clay to show that this all-suppressing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Paul says that our, our life is like a clay jar or a clay pot. Our value is not from ourselves. We're actually fragile um, to show the glory of God and the strength of God. And that we are carrying around something in our body, which is the death of Jesus and the life of Jesus. Our life is nothing more but a, a fragile holding container, a display box for the glory of Jesus, for his gospel. And therefore, when I was asked to, to give this sermon today, to introduce myself a little bit, to talk about myself, this was the question that I was asking myself. How does my clay jar, my life, contain Jesus? How does it reveal Christ? What is in my life, in my story, that points to him? How does my life tell the gospel? Because the only thing that we're talking about, my life, in my life, is him, is Jesus. I could, I could tell you all the interesting stories, but it's it worth nothing if I'm not talking 
about he, what he has done in my life and how he is present in my life. So this is what I want to examine this morning. Um, and I, w- I hope that you will do the same as you listen. You won't just uh, know a little bit more about me, but I hope you will you'll see Christ and that you will think about your life, what's in your clay jar. And uh, as I was thinking about it, uh, four different ways where I can look back at my life and, and I think, I see Jesus here. I see Jesus in my clay jar. This is not about me. This is Jesus revealed in my life. And I hope that others can see him too. I want to start with the first one, the most important one. And that's the time when Jesus uh, saved and transformed my life. One second. All right. Hopefully you guys can hear me better now. So the first one is the time that Jesus saved my life and transformed my life. When he remade my, my clay jar into something totally new. As I said, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm from Hungary. I'm from a Christian family. I grew up in a pastor's family. And um, I had the privilege of, of growing up in church, having devotions every night, knowing the Bible stories from, from the beginning to the end. I spent my summers in, in VBS and summer camps. And, and I really enjoyed growing up in church. I'm not, not one of those, I heard a lot of those stories where, where people grew up in church and I, I just did not like it, I resented it. Um, I really enjoyed it and I'm so thankful for my parents, for my grandparents raising me in faith, teaching me all those, all those stories, uh, understanding how the church works as a community. Um, and, and although all that's true, uh, my personal relationship with Jesus didn't start until a little bit later. I, I liked going to church, it was, it was fun, but... It was more of a family thing. This is what we did. This was our, our tradition. And um, when I was 13, that's when I went to a summer camp where, for some reason, they, they explained the gospel again to me in a new way that I did not understand before. For somehow God used this camp, used the speakers there to, um, to teach me that Christ wants to have a personal relationship, that I need to make a decision, and it has to be from me and not just from my family. And, and that was the moment when Christ remade my life, reshaped my clay jar, and it transformed my life totally. And it was a lot more than just saying, yes, I accepted Jesus, and now, now he's in me. It was, it was a real transformation of my life. As we read in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is what Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. They couldn't have made it more explicit, more direct to say, whatever was before is totally different than the new. A new creation has come when we come to Christ, when we are in Christ. And it transformed my life in three ways. The first one was, as I said, my relationship with Jesus. Before, before this moment, I, I knew about Jesus. I knew all the stories, but I didn't know him personally. And as I, as I opened my heart to him, um, I started to get to know him personally. I started to know who he is. And all the things that I learned about him from Bible stories and, and in the church, now I was experiencing it myself and believing it. And um, it reminded me of, of the story of the Samaritan woman uh, who meets with Jesus and then goes back to the village and talks about Jesus. And all the villagers come out and hear, listen to Jesus. And they say, we believe not because of what you said, but because we have heard and seen. 
that was my, my story. I, I don't believe anymore because what, I, what others told me, but because I personally see Christ. I see his hope. I see his love. I see his providence in my life. And it changed me totally. And it wasn't just an internal transformation. It wasn't just that now my heart was different, but it was a visible reality. It, it, it take up my time, my decisions. I started reading my Bible. I started praying. I started paying attention in church. I had this desire to grow in him. I remember, as I said, uh, that, that every summer I would go to summer camps. Sometimes the whole summer I would be in summer camps. Um, but so often it would be, especially in family camps, it would be we, the kids all stayed for the worship and then we would just run out and look for trouble and, and see what we can do and get away with. And I remember after, after the summer I accepted Christ, went to the same camp and the same kids are there, all, all my friends. And, and after worship, we start running and, and I stayed and I said, I actually want to hear what they're saying. I, I actually, that's the reason I'm here now. It changed something in me because I wanted to know Christ. The second way this decision changed me is, is transformed me from, from sin to holiness. Um, before my conversion, if I look back at my life, I, I see this big contrast. I lived in sin. I, I was young, but young people live in sin too. And, and I embraced sin. I was seeking sin. I was, I was enjoying sinning. And, and uh, it is hard, to, hard to, to look back and confess all that. But it's so important to, to look at our lives and realize how Christ saved us from all those things. As, many, as, as like many other young people, I was, I was uh, tempted by porn and lust and sexual desires. I had greed in my life, lying, stealing, uh, alcohol. And, and I was still considered a good kid on the outside, but I knew on the inside that all these things that are, are in me, maybe even if they're small, can grow into something that's ultimately destructive or evil. And I was aware that if God had not saved my life, I could have turned out to be a terrible person. I could have got into a lot of trouble. And, and we try to stay humble as Christians. We are ought to be humble, but it is so good to proclaim. It feels so good to say, God has saved me from those sins. When I become a follower of Christ, my habits started changing drastically. I became dead to sin, as, as Scripture says. I started hating sin and running from sin and fighting sin. And through Christ, I was victor victorious over sin. And it, and it took time. It didn't happen from one day to another. And, and I'm still not perfect. None of us are. But it is so good to declare. It is so good to, to praise Christ with that to say, I am not the same person. I know I'm not as I look back. He has transformed me and made me new. He saved me. He changed me. He filled my jar that was empty before. He changed me and filled me with a whole new set of desires, thoughts, and habits, and actions. And the third way Christ transformed me is, is gave me a new direction into my life. Before my, my conversion, I, I lived for myself. I was filled with thoughts about how do I gain more things for myself. I was building my own kingdom. My question was, what is the best for Danish? What is the best for me? How can I create the most enjoyable life for myself? But as I gave my life to Christ, I started to live not for myself, but for Christ, for his kingdom, for his glory. And it, and it gave a whole new direction to my life. And not everybody liked this. I remember, again, my peers, my teachers did not understand my decisions when I started to follow Christ. And I said, 
I want to do what he is calling me to do. I was uh, really good in math and sciences in school. I was, I was competing and, and going to competitions and, and training. Even when we had uh, a school break, I would be in the school training with the teachers so I can get better and better. And that was my plan. I wanted to be a computer scientist or a math teacher or something like that. And when I, when I started to follow Christ, he started to direct my life in a different direction. And all my teachers said, you're throwing your life away. You have so much talent. Why would you do that? And my friend said, you're being brainwashed. You're being brainwashed. You're not, you're not doing what would be logical in your place. But neither of those was true. Rather, I was giving my life over to Christ and my talents for him to use the way he wanted me to use them. And I wasn't brainwashed. But I was actually discovering that purpose that the potter had for my life, for my clay jar to live for his glory and obviously, we get distracted sometimes in our direction. But overall, if I look back, this direction in my life has changed as I gave my life to Christ. And maybe you say, uh, this is all good, but this is nothing special. And I agree, there's nothing special about my life. This should be the story of every single believer. If you have given your life to Christ, you should be able to tell the same truth about your life, that he has saved you, he has changed you, transformed you, gave you a new direction, and saved you from sin to holiness. There's nothing special about me, but it is so good to declare the goodness of Christ in saving me. And so I hope to end this first section that my jar is filled with Christ's saving and transforming power, and I hope that yours too. The second way that I see Christ in my life revealed is how he taught me to trust and believe. As I became a Christian, uh, one of the first lessons that, that Christ was teaching me, and I'm still learning, maybe I'm a slow learner, but it was to understand that faith trusting in, tr is trusting in God even when we don't understand everything. And that was a difficult lesson for me. Um, you, you can probably... Um, be in the same position when you think about difficult circumstances, difficult questions of theology that you're struggling with, and, and anything else that, that you, you feel like, I just don't understand that. I just don't understand. How can I still follow God? And circumstances in my life, one of the most difficult things was losing my father when I was six years old. He was a pastor. He was a very good pastor. And God, was, God blessed his ministry the 10 years that he had and was growing a small church, and, um, and uh, then he, he got sick, and after, after suffering for a while, he died, and left my, my mom and six of us there. My youngest brother was not even one year old. And, um, and I, was, I was just six years old, so I was trying to understand it, now, but it was very difficult. And even when I became a Christian, and I understand Christ, I understood uh, resurrection, and all those things I started to grasp, it was difficult for me to understand why this happened. And, and again, I'm sure we all have those questions of sickness or losing people or just losing a job or difficult circumstances where why did this happen? Why did God allow this to happen in my life? And it took me a very long time um, to, to, to have peace about it and say, I don't need to understand. I still don't understand. But I can still follow Christ, and I have seen the ways how God have used that event in my life, in my family's life for good and for his glory, and I can have peace in that. And it is not easy, 
but God is glorified when we trust him and others notice the way we suffer and go through difficult times. This is how I put it to words for myself. Sometimes when our clay jar cracks a little bit, people get a better view of what's inside. So I choose this image. I don't know if you can see it very well, but it's a little clay, clay mug that's broken and there's a light inside of it. When we're cracked, sometimes people can see better Christ in us. And the second question was the question of theology. As I said, I was a thinker. I, was, I loved logic and reason and reading and science. And so I struggled in high school as I became a Christian with a lot of theological questions. I just wanted to understand everything. I was, I was so passionate to learn. I was uh, reading books, reading my Bible, watching videos, whatever I could get my hands on to understand everything. And that's a good desire to have. But it became a difficulty in my life when I said, if I don't understand everything, I might, might as well not just believe. I can only believe in Christ if I get all the answers right, if I have all my theology down and I'm correcting all of them and, I am, and I'm certain in all my questions. And I would spend hours looking at uh, difficult questions. And sometimes I got answers, sometimes I didn't. I remember one summer uh, just being so, uh, so, so nervous about the whole situation and just so wanting to learn. I said, I was, it was summer break. I was in my backyard and I had my Bible and I said, God, I want to understand it all. And I opened it up and I started reading from page one. And, and I, I don't know, I got probably half of the first chapter. I don't know how far I got. And, and I just said, I don't understand it all. I can't. And I, I was probably started crying or fall asleep. I don't remember. But over time, again, Christ changed me. And taught me to trust that as long as I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to him, as long as I'm getting closer to him as a person, it is okay if I'm still looking for answers. It is okay if I change my mind on something. It is okay if I simply don't know. It is okay if I don't understand everything. He didn't call us to be scholars, um, but to be his followers. And although some of us, he called us to be scholars, I, I'm doing my PhD now, and I really enjoy theology still. But, but first, I have to understand this. First, I need to be a follower. First, I need to commit to him and trust him. And then afterwards, we can have the peace to looking at questions, talking about questions, and trying to understand the wisdom of God. And so this, is, this was a big lesson for me, that maturity in Christ is not about understanding everything but following him, even in the midst of our doubts and questions. And I'm not a good Christian because I understand everything, or if I have the perfect beliefs on everything, but because Christ is in me and I'm in him. And so I hope that as I live trusting in Jesus, he shines through my cracks, the cracks of my jar, my imperfections, my doubts, my questions, my journey. The third way that I have seen Christ in my life is, is when he called me to join him, when he called me to serve him. It was one of, the, one of those things that, that amazed me as a Christian and still amazes me that God accomplishes his purposes through us. That at, at, at one point, God in his infinite wisdom said, the best way for me to save as many people as I can is to have Christ come back to me Send my spirit into these imperfect people and have them do the job with me, alongside with me. And that amazes me. 
that God looks at us that way, to be his co-workers and representatives here on earth. And in my life, it was, it was through high school when I felt God's calling as I became a Christian and I started serving and volunteering and being a counselor at camps. I really enjoyed speaking about God. I really enjoyed explaining the things of God to younger students. And then one summer, I got this verse as we, were, we sat around and we all got a Bible verse from a pastor that really spoke to me, Jeremiah 15, 19. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent... I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not wordless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. And as we went around, the pastor asked, you know, what, what, what verse you got and why is this important to you? What do you think God is telling you? And, and first I was like, I, I don't know. It's not a very special verse. I don't understand it. And afterwards he pulled me aside and said, said this is an important verse. Because it might be that God is telling you he wants you to serve him and be his spokesman. And I started to understand that, that yes, God is, God is giving me a challenge. He's giving me a choice. If I repent, if I, if I give him everything I have, if I use my words that he has given me, the wisdom, the knowledge he has given me, then he can use me as his servant. And for a very long, very long time, I... I didn't tell anybody. I was, I was keeping it myself, but I knew that God wants me to do this. And it was the senior year, the last year of high school, where we all had to uh, tell the teachers what university or college we're going to or what's our plans that I, I was finally able to admit, no, God is calling me to, to be a pastor and go to seminary. And I remember, again, uh, that, that we, were, we had a little a drama club, and, and we, we did this thing at the end of uh, high school they all had to write down on a little paper of where do we see ourselves in 10 years. And, um, and I remember I wrote down uh, that I want to have a family, um, but most importantly that I want to I, I see myself serving God, whatever that means. And I did not know what that means. I made this decision, but I had no idea. I had no idea that the next year I'll be going to missions with OM to England I had no idea that I'll be working in England and in Scotland and then here in the U.S. I had no idea what God has planned for me. But I said, I just want to serve him, whatever it means, wherever I am. And in his grace, regardless of my failures and doubts and mistakes, God has been using me as a servant for, for these years. And it still surprises me when people come to a Bible study or, or to a Sunday service, when, when, when a church invites me to serve. But it is, it is so amazing to see how God can use our lives for his glory. And it is so important that this is not just for pastors. This is not just my story, not even just for church ministry. But I believe that the Bible teaches us that, that all of us are called to, to join God in his mission, wherever we are, in our family, in our workplace, in our, in our community. And this is true, the challenge that God has given me to use my words for his glory. He gives us that choice, whatever talent or, or, or personality we have. God gives us this choice. Are you going to use it for yourself or for God, for his glory? Is it going to worth something at the end or is it going to go worthless? And so it is, it is a question whether we can recognize this calling, whether we can recognize how God is asking us to serve and glorify him. So I hope that my jar, my life, my, my story can be useful in serving Christ as I give him everything I have, 
And I hope that your life reveals Christ the same way. And the last point that I want to make is, um, is about how good it is to live with Jesus. It was so good to, to sing that last song that was about, we want to we wanna talk about the goodness of Christ, the goodness of Jesus with all that we have. It was so good to sing that song because so often we miss this point, how good it is to be Christian. We miss this point and we look like a, a bunch of miserable religious people waiting for heaven. But that's, but that's not what Christ has called us to be. The Bible teaches us that God is good and he wants us to have a flourishing, good life with him now. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. God is good and we can experience that. We can enjoy that. We can proclaim that. And, and it doesn't mean that we have an easy or perfect life. I just choose one verse from Psalms, but you can choose probably a hundred other that talks about how difficult life is and how, how we have suffering to go through. And so often we feel like God is so far from us. Life is hard, but God is good at the same time, and it is good to live with God. And again, I'm sure you've experienced some difficulties in your life. I've experienced some in my life too. It is, it is difficult to be a child or a parent. It is, it is difficult to be a teenager. It is difficult to be old and retired. It is difficult to be a boss and be responsible for people. It is difficult to be an employee or not having a job. Life, life is difficult. But all the difficulty in life doesn't compare to the joy and peace that comes from Christ. And we see that not just in church. This is not the only moment when we see the goodness of God, but, but throughout our life. And if I think back about how do I experience the goodness of God, there's so many things that I can say. I always had a roof over my head. I always had something to eat. I always had money in the bank. I could go to study. I traveled. I had, I had a considerably easy life. And, and I don't ever want to forget that this is not because of me. But these are all ways that I've experienced the goodness of God. It is not my merit. It's not good luck. But it is his, his blessing. And it is so good for me to remember and for all of us when we have this goodness in our life that we are responsible to share that with all of those who have not experienced it. Or I've experienced God's goodness in the, in, in the blessing of family. I remember being a teenager. I was weird. I was nerdy. I was wild. And everybody told me, I don't know how you're going to get a wife. <laughs> Even my family, they were very honest about that. They really doubted that I can ever get a wife. And I wasn't sure about it either. But, uh, but after high school, I, I went on this mission trip. And that's where I met Alyssa, who's, who's from this church. And, and, and God just blessed us to have this relationship. And a few years later, get married very young and, um, and have two children already and the third one on the way. And it is, it is just the blessing of God. It is the goodness of God when he gives us a partner in life, a wife or a husband and a children. And, and one of my favorite things as I experience Jesus in my family as he's teaching me through my wife and my children is having evening devotions with my family. And most of the time it's, it's chaos. Uh, our kids are five and three, so you can imagine they're just climbing everywhere, jumping, talking. But sometimes... They sit and listen, and they ask a question about Jesus. And I have the, the privilege to tell them about it that they have never heard before. And they ask questions, sometimes questions that I don't know the answer to. 
and we can pray together and, and God is just showing his goodness through my children to me. It is such a blessing as I can experience God's good idea that we ought to share life together in his presence as a community. And again, I know not everybody has this blessing in their life. But the next two that I want to talk about, we, we, all have, uh, we, all ha- we can all have it in our life. It's available to all of us. The next one is the fellowship of the saints, the church. For the past uh, 11 years, I have been part of and blessed by at least 12 different communities. Some of them are churches. Some of them are mission organizations. Some of them are just friends coming together for a Bible study or to pray together. And I've experienced in these communities the love, the belonging, the purpose. And for me, it is a proof of God. It is one of the proof of proofs of God in my life. As I've, as I've traveled I mean, to different countries and met believers from, from all around the world, is that what the Bible claims about the church is true. Because I've seen it here, I've seen it in Hungary, I've seen it in Scotland, I've seen it in England. I've seen it in all kinds of people that we believe the same way. We believe in the same Christ. We worship him the same way. And the church is messy everywhere. But it's good. It is good to belong to it. It is good to, good to teach each other. Good to uh, work together to glorify God. It is a proof of God for me. And the last one where I've seen the goodness of God in my life is the inner peace and joy and hope and love that comes from him. This last a story is, is just from this past year. Um, as, as we were going through COVID, and at the same time, we were planning to get here. Over a year, we had this invitation to come, and, and I had to give in a visa, and we were, I had to do a lot of paperwork, and we had to wait and wait, and we had no idea when it's going to happen. Just imagine that you have to move your family across the ocean to another country with eight suitcases, and you have no idea if you're going in two weeks or two months, or in a year. And, and the amazing thing was that, that I remember a point back in probably in January that we looked at each other with Alyssa, my wife, and we said, I don't know how, but I have peace. I don't know how. I don't know in this situation, how can we have peace and patience to wait for God? And there was other days when we had no peace and we were just stressed and in chaos again. But but there was those times that God, God allowed us to have peace in the midst of this uncertainty and waiting. And I said, I don't know how I'm not a wreck, how, how, how I can still go on. But God blessed us, and, and we have seen his timing of why we had to stay there for a year and, and why we had to come at this time. And in so many other ways, we can see and experience the goodness of God as he gives us this peace and joy and love when when there shouldn't be on a human level. So I hope that my jar reflects this goodness, that it reflects the goodness of God, how amazing it is to live with God, how amazing it is to live with Jesus. And I hope that yours too. I hope our whole church is a big jar filled with the goodness of God and people can see it and people who come can experience it. So this is, this is my clay jar. I shared a couple of stories about my life, and most importantly, Jesus in my life, how he showed up. And again, the question was, what is in yours? How, how do you see Jesus in your life, and how do others see it? Because we're not, we, we don't have this jar, as Paul says, to, just to keep it on for ourselves, to keep Jesus for ourselves. 
but that Christ may be revealed. In 2 Corinthians 4.10, let me read this verse again. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. It is not for us to, to hold hidden, but it is to be revealed. It is so that others can come and taste and see. So don't hide Jesus in your jar, but let others see it. Talk about it. Proclaim his goodness and how he has changed your life, how he's affected you so that others can see. So to summarize it, this image, I, I think all of us, each of us, like a jar, holds and reveals something all of us are probably uh, experiencing in some way in our, in our body, in our jar, in our life, the death of Jesus. Experiencing suffering as a follower of Christ or because, because we live in a broken world where sin is trying to destroy everything that is good that God has made. But I hope that in your clay jar, you're also experiencing carrying around and representing the life of Jesus. The power of the resurrection for a new life with God, walking and trusting him daily and serving him in his ministry wherever you are and enjoying and sharing the goodness and presence so that all may see that your jar is filled with Jesus. And if, and if you're not, then you're missing out. And you need to come and, and see one of us uh, leaders so that we can pray with you and talk with you because there's no better thing in life than being filled with Jesus and living for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you made us. We thank you that you take, took that uh, piece of clay and you made us into jars. You made us into humans. You made us into beings that are able to serve you, glorify you, and be filled with you. And Lord, we, we see our, our fragility. We see all the difficulties that we have in our life. And even more, we want to we wanna be filled with you so that the world would see that it is not because of us. All the good things in our life, it's not because of us, but because of you. Lord, I want to say sorry when my life was not filled with you, but when it was empty or, or it was filled with just trash. And we want to express all of us as followers of you that we want to be filled with you. We want our stories so, to be so intertwined with yours that we cannot tell our life story without talking about you. We want others to see how you have saved us, transformed us, made us new, and how you use us for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We were joking before, just one more second, if you can. We were joking before that I could do the whole service in Hungarian. But I, I saved you from that. But I want to teach one Hungarian phrase, if you're okay with that, to end with. And, and it's the, the phrase is, God bless you, that we often use as a greeting. So it would be, Isten adjon. Isten is God. So you can say, Isten. Adjon. Adjon. That's bless you. So Isten adjon. God bless you guys. Have a blessed Sunday. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. 
More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org.